Mark and guest. I'm actually not sure who's who we didn't meet before. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks so much for making the drive this morning. We really appreciate that. It's a long one. And uh, we look forward to what you have to say, so please. Well, good morning. Thank you for uh, this opportunity to come and uh, share with you what uh, the Lord's doing in Winnipeg through Union Gospel Mission. Uh, we've got seven different ministries uh, at U UGM, and we have the uh, main mission where we serve the street guests. Uh, we have meals and chapels for them. Uh, we also have our men's addiction recovery program at the mission. And uh, at Caris Center, we have a program for a recovery program for the women who uh, are in need of that service. We also have the Family Life Center where we take care of uh, some families in the inner city. Uh, we have a school where we help with adult education, people who want to get their high school degree. And so there's lots of work that uh, we do at UGM. I'll tell you uh, a couple stories. I gotta watch myself that I don't get going too long with the stories. I remember the old preacher who said, I'd write shorter sermons, but once I get started, I get too lazy to stop. So I'll try not to go too, on too long. I uh, brought uh, Barry Melke with me. He's the head of uh, transportation for the mission, and uh, he's got a story for you on what the Lord Jesus Christ did in his life. But uh, before we get going any further, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Father God, I pray for your anointing as I share what you do at the mission, as I share uh, the passage from Psalm 73 and how you work on the hearts of those who are seeking healing and recovery in you. And so I pray, Lord, that you would come and bless our time together, together and uh, help me to uh, preach your word faithfully. And I pray all this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when I first came to the mission uh, seven years ago, I realized that the Lord has a sense of humor because I'm the kind of person I... I tend to like peace and harmony, uh, but I don't like conflict, and uh, so what does he do? He sends me to a street mission where you have that happening every week. But it was, it was the Lord's way of preparing me for, for serving there, and in serving uh, at the mission, uh, one of the things that uh, my heart really grew towards was the men's addiction recovery. And I found uh, the Lord is able to take someone's life that has been uh, so uh, damaged by addiction, uh, by abuse in the past. Uh, take someone's soul who's been really wounded and he's able to heal them. And I have the privilege of, I've had the privilege of a front row seat to uh, Jesus doing that for, for so many different people. And uh, I found that Psalm 73, the passage from Psalm 73 has helped a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys in the recovery program. I used to go from the mission to the detox center at the Main Street Project. And I would meet with some of the guys in the recovery program. And I would go over this passage in Psalm 73. And it, it seemed to speak to them where they were at, the struggles they were going through. And what you have in this passage we're going to look at shows how, how Christ works in someone's heart and brings healing to them. So let's turn to Psalm 73, and we'll get started in verse 21. And I'll go through it verse by verse. Okay, Psalm 73, 
verse 21. And we'll go all the way to verse 26. It starts out this way. It says, When my soul was embittered, when I was pierced in heart, I was brutish and ignorant, I was like a beast towards you. And usually when we have somebody come to us to the recovery program, that's where they're at. Uh, their life has been very hard. They're angry at God through the pain they've gone through. Uh, they've done a lot of shaking their fist at God. But the, the Lord has a way of uh, overcoming that and humbling people and getting them to come to him anyway. And in Psalm 73, the person who wrote Psalm 73 was somebody who had grown somewhat bitter because he had served God in the temple for years. He'd followed God faithfully, and yet he was looking at people around him who weren't godly, who weren't following God, and they were doing just fine. But this guy, he had been serving the Lord, going to the temple, been very faithful, and yet he was having different hardships that he was going through. And he'd become angry and bitter. And he wondered why all these people who weren't following God were doing so well, and yet he had to go through these hardships. And so he went to the temple, he went to the sanctuary, and in doing that one day he found the answer for what the people who don't follow God, uh, how the Lord deals with them, and how the Lord will deal with him. And so he cries out to God saying, there was a time when I was brutish and ignorant, I was like a beast towards you, like a lot of people who come into the recovery program, shake their fist at God, they're angry. But this is one of the most beautiful things that I've found with Jesus. We can be angry towards him, we can shake our fist at him, but when he, through his Holy Spirit, brings us into relationship to him with, through Christ, and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God knows that's going to happen. We go through our trials in life, and he knows what's going to happen. I think God sometimes has a smile on his face uh, when we're going through some hard times, and we have what I call a, a, a toddler temper tantrum towards God. Things don't go the way we want it to when we shake our fist at God, and I think he sometimes has kind of a smile on his face. Because look at what it says here in verse 23. He says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you, you hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. So he was angry with God, he was bitter towards God, and yet nevertheless, God was still with him. He still held his right hand, he still counseled him through his word and through his spirit. And there's many people who come through the recovery program, they, they look back on their life and the hardships they've gone through. I was talking with Barry about this on, on the way here, actually. You look back on your life and you can see how God was at work in your life. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, some lights go on. And you realize, when I was going through this 10 years ago, when I was going through this 20 years ago, now I know how God got me through it and why he got me through it. Because I would be serving him one day and I would know him as Lord and Savior one day. And so that's what the psalmist has come to here. He says, you continually are with me, you hold my right hand and guide me with your counsel no matter what. And then he says this in, in verse 25. He says, whom have I in heaven but you? And this next sentence is the most powerful one I found for a lot of guys that I would visit in detox, a lot of guys that I work with in the recovery center. He says this, 
And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. There is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. It doesn't matter what the addiction is, whether it's drugs or alcohol or gambling or whatever it might be. No matter how powerful the addiction is, no matter how much it has, it has damaged your life, once you accept Christ into your heart, once he's able to heal the wounds deep down, one of the things that happens is you desire that peace and the joy of his salvation more than anything else. You desire it more than drugs, you desire it more than alcohol, more than anything else. And that's what a lot of the guys find when they get into a relationship with Christ. They want, they get to the point where for some reason they can't get enough of reading the Bible. They can't get enough of praying, they can't get enough of being in fellowship with other believers. More than once I've had a guy come to me and say to me, I think there's something wrong with me. And I say, why? And he said, well, I don't find the Bible boring anymore, and I like this stuff now. What's wrong with me? And I said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it, things are going right with you. Uh, the Lord Jesus is working on your heart. He's changing your heart. He's changing your mind so that you love what you have in Christ more than anything else, just like the psalmist says here. And I've seen it time and time again. Guys who would go from, they'd come into the program, and initially they come to the Bible study classes, and they might be rolling their eyes a bit, and uh, maybe nodding off, and then uh, give it a little while, and the Holy Spirit works on them. And you have guys who are attentive, they're studying their Bible, they're coming to you with questions about the Bible, questions about God, and before long their lives have totally been changed. That what they want more and more is that peace that they found in Jesus, the love that they found in Christ. Because a lot of, God, a lot of people, <clears throat> when they go through the recovery program, they come to us after a life where people have rejected them. They've burned a lot of bridges. Uh, family members no longer want to have anything to do with them. Friends no longer want to have anything to do with them. And yet this God, this king of the universe, loves them and has adopted them as, their, as, their, as his son. And once they really grab hold of that, they're amazed by it. They're amazed by it. So you go on, and what it says here in verse 26, <clears throat> and this is also powerful, because you do have guys who in the recovery process, they might stumble and fall. You know, they might uh, uh, meet an old friend who says, let's go to the bar or something, and they stumble and fall. And then, then they're worried because family hasn't forgiven them, friends haven't forgiven them, well, this holy God, he's sure not going to forgive me now that I've stumbled and fallen. And yet, some of them are shocked when we tell them they, they can come back into the program. They're shocked. And they ask why. And I tell them, because this is what my boss told me. My, my, boss, my boss told a story about something called the prodigal son. And he told this story to, to talk about how you can stray away from God but you can come back to him. And they ask me who my boss is, and I tell them, well, that's Jesus. He told that story. And that's why we're taking you back, because Jesus still loves you. Even though you stumbled and fell, he still loves you. And so in verse 26, that says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
So you may have times when you stumble and fall in some way in your life, but God is still the strength of your heart and your portion forever. Where it says your portion forever, that means more and more the Lord satisfies your heart. He satisfies your soul. And that's really what overcomes any addiction. You can have a Band-Aid solution for an addiction. It may work for a while, but eventually, even if you don't drink again or use drugs again, you're still going to have that nagging thing. There must be more to life than this. When you get to be middle-aged, and I went through this, when you're middle-aged, you think there's going to be more to, to life than this. I haven't lived enough, right? Well, when you have Jesus in your heart and he satisfies your soul, that's living life to the fullest. That's living life to the fullest. And when he satisfies your soul like that, you, you no longer need to go to the drugs and the alcohol to numb the pain from things in the past. Jesus shows a lot of guys in recovery how to walk through those things with him. And knowing when, when, you have, when you know that you have the Prince of Peace walking you through some bad memories, it's so helpful for a lot of guys. And you have brothers in Christ like myself who come alongside them to help them walk through all of that. And they realize that not only do they have the strength to face those things without the drugs or the alcohol, they have a strength in themselves too to face those things. And the two together, especially with Christ, allows, them, allows for a lot of healing to take place. And so one of the stories I, I'm go, I'd like to tell is the story of, uh, this is on the street mission side of things. Uh, there was a young lady who came to the mission a few years ago in very bad shape. She was in a wheelchair and uh, she was kind of moving like this in the wheelchair, uh, kind of squirming and, and shaking a bit. And I thought that she had uh, some kind of major neurological illness or something like that. And she was crying, uh, hysterically crying. And when you walk into a situation like that, uh, you ask the Lord, because I don't have nothing myself, right? I need the Lord Jesus to kick in and speak to her. So I quickly said a prayer in my head, and I sat down next to her, and she said that uh, she had just come from the hospital. She'd been addicted to crystal meth since she was 14. At that point, she was 19, and she'd used it so much, it had damaged her neurological system, and that's why she was in the wheelchair. And she said that she'd just come from the hospital and found out that she had cancer in her back. And on top of that, they told her that she was pregnant. And on top of that, they told her that she had AIDS. And that's why she was there crying hysterically. And so I told her about Jesus. He's the only one who can give you peace at a moment like that. I told her about how the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, will take time now to be with her. and to hold her gently in his arms and let her know that she's loved and loved with the greatest kind of love that there is. And so she came back every now and then for, for a few months getting the treatment that she needed. And uh, it took a while, but eventually I was able to sit and talk with her without her, her crying the whole time.
And uh, then that was it. I didn't see her again. And then uh, a year later, I was uh, standing on the main floor handing out uh, bread to our street guests. And in she walks, walks. She was walking. And uh, I couldn't believe, I didn't recognize her at first. And I asked her what had happened. And uh, she said that she went to the care center. She got her life turned around. Uh, Christ had healed her. Uh, her parents were looking after the baby. Uh, they had gotten the AIDS under control. The cancer went into remission. The cancer was gone. And she'd found that peace in Jesus that I'd been talking about the first time I met her. So that's just an example, one example of what Jesus does at the mission. People come in from the street and they don't know what they're in for because they meet Jesus. And uh, many of them, their lives are turned around. And it's the same thing with the men and women who come into the recovery program. Uh, they find that there is love for them, there is peace for them, and there is the greatest hope that there is, the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And so, like the psalmist says in Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Whatever you're, you've gone through, whatever you're going through, Jesus it can be there with you. He can go through it with you, and he can heal your heart and make you a totally new person. Now, you've heard me talk about this, and now I'd like to introduce you to uh, Barry, the head of our transportation department. And Barry is somebody who's actually lived this. Come on up, Barry. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Um, sorry, Mark, I wasn't listening to you for a little bit there. Um, I've shared my story a few times, and uh, every time I share my story, um, uh, the Lord likes to take control over it. And I was just sitting there arguing, this time let me do it on my own. And then he said, not a chance. So if I do lose a little bit of control, if I get a little bit emotional, it's uh, the Lord taking control over me. So um, my name is Barry. I work at Union Gospel Mission. Uh, I look after transportation in a warehouse. So I'm privileged with the donation that you guys gave. I get to give it away, and I get to see people's faces when they're happy, when they, they receive the, the gifts that you guys gave. Uh, one of the gifts that you guys gave is uh, 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 different people donate different things. And for me, I think it was uh, the prayers that you guys do for us at the mission. Um, I've been at the mission for five years working, and a year before that, I was into the program. So when I came to the program was, uh, I had crack, at the, crack cocaine addiction, and how I got to that was it went like four years back. So um, I was born in Africa, and I had a good uh, childhood till I get to the age of nine. At that age, I was sexually abused for about three years, and because of that, I became a very lonely person and a very angry person. 
And I kept that to myself. That became my own secret. And uh, the enemy kind of used that to control me. So all my life, I kept that for about 40 years as a secret. How I dealt with that was uh, doing a, drinking alcohol, doing drugs. And like, there's no drugs that I haven't tried to just suppress the feelings that I was having. So this went on for a long time, and uh, eventually I moved to Canada. I went to University of Manitoba. At the same time I was going to school, I was still drinking. Uh, and then there was a time that uh, drinking was not enough, and then I introduced myself to cocaine and crack cocaine and stuff. So uh, back in 1986, uh, I started selling drugs. I sold drugs for about 30 years. And the last 20, I was using too. So uh, in those 30 years, I destroyed so many lives so, like, by providing drugs to, to anybody that wanted. Uh, I never cared for anybody. I just cared about me. And uh, so in the whole process, I was a very violent person. I, like, uh, I've hurt a lot of people. I've shot people. People shot me back. Um, I went to prison a few times. I've been all prisons in Manitoba. Um, and then at the same time, in 1990, I had a daughter, and I was never a good dad. Uh, never cared, to be honest. So all these things because of what I had secret in me. And it's funny, when I volunteered to come this for today, I didn't know it was going to be Palm Sunday, which was, this was great because uh, it kind of gives a reason into why Jesus came to this, uh, to this world and died for me. And uh, I still question why he would do that. Like, it must be crazy or something, but uh, I do not deserve what I have. So anyway, um, I did uh, selling drugs for a long time, like I said, and then kept on uh, using myself. Uh, the more I used, the more I hated myself. Uh, I did try to kill myself a few times. Um, at first, uh, at first was kind of taught to be nice. <laughs> kind of taught to be nice, the suffering would end. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, I, I would rent a, a hotel room. <laughs> I would rent a hotel room so I can kill myself. And then, I don't know, I probably get scared of something, never done it. A few times like that happened. And then I finally came up with an idea I should just take a poison or something. So I did that once. And once I consumed the poison, I, I got scared. And then I called the, the poison hotline and then I talked to the nurse. So she convinced me to go to the hospital, I did. And uh, 
The first thing the doctor said was, if I was about 10 minutes late, there would have been some consequences. Anyway, so they fixed me up, uh, they kept me there for a few days, and then they transferred me to uh, a psychiatric ward. And uh, they kept me there for a week, and then I ran away. So went back to the same thing, selling drugs, doing drugs. And about six months later, I decided to do but again, but this time I didn't want to get scared. And uh, so I doubled the amount of poison and then uh, I got myself uh, sleeping pills. And uh, so I consumed all that and then it knocked me out. And uh, yeah, I woke up the next day and nothing happened. And uh, yeah, I got this very discouraged by it. But. The word says in Jeremiah 29 that God has a plan for everyone. And uh, yeah, the Lord was not going to accept me that day. And uh, so in, um, in 2014, uh, I went to prison, came out. By then, nobody wanted to be my friend. Like all my siblings, they don't want to talk to me. Uh, like, how I, like when I left prison, I had $3, so I was instantly homeless. Uh, so I started hanging around by the mission, and then uh, there was this idea in my head, keep telling me to get a Bible. Like, I used to read Bible when I was a little kid, never understood it, but. So this time around, I went and I grabbed the Bible. Uh, I was reading it, but I never got anything, but I just knew I need to keep reading. And at that time, I decided to go to a program by, run by Salvation Army. Before that, I met Mark. At 2014 in November, I met Mark at uh, the detox. So he was talking about what God could do, but I asked him a few questions. Anyway, I went to a different program, and then by then, the Lord already decided what he has won for me. He started his plans already. Uh, the plan was to turn me around. One of the reasons I think, maybe not the right thing, uh, I used to secretly pray to the Lord and say that if he can take my choices away, so I don't have to have a choice, he can do the choices for me. It would make, would make my life easier. I don't have to decide anything. So I guess he took over on that. And uh, so when I went to the program at Salvation Army, uh, Union Gospel Mission had a program called uh, Overcomers Meeting every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, so I started going there, and he was leading one of those. Mark was leading one of those. So what the Lord did, and his plan was to put people in my path to help me, to guide me to becoming who I am today. So Mark was one of those people. And uh, once I finished my program at Salvation Army, I asked uh, to be enrolled at UGM. Um, so I came to UGM on my birth date, uh, 2015. I've never left. Uh, so I did the program. Uh, when I was doing the program, I was very hungry for the Lord that 
uh, I had to bring out all the hurt that I had. So I was supposed to see my chaplain once a week or something, but I used to see Mark every day. Uh, I cried every day. Uh, I prayed every day. Um, 40 years of suffering, uh, like I could relate with the Israelites when they were out there for 40 years because that's where I was. Uh, when he had a secret like I had, uh, the enemy would use it every time. Uh, the shame, guilt, uh, you tell you so many lies because you're, you make it, it's your fault. Anyway, I shared all that with Mark. Uh, and then it became a point where it wasn't just enough to share with Mark. So, this thing I do with Jesus is I pray. When I share, he can speak to me. Then I go around and I say, can you just leave me alone? Let me do this on my own. Um, I like it when he takes control because it would be the truth. Um, uh, how I tell the story depends on how he wants to tell the story. Um, so, uh, I've done this, I don't know, about a hundred times. Uh, and sometimes I think it'd be easier, but I don't think, there's nothing to do with getting easier or not. This is how the message needs to be told. So, um, I'm kind of happy he takes control over me when I tell the story because it becomes the truth itself. Uh, so, I don't know why Jesus came to die for a guy like me. But I'm glad he did. So, that's all I got. Um, may God's peace be with you. Thanks. got to get up and speak after that <laughs> but that's uh, that's what Jesus does uh, we're celebrating Palm Sunday when people would wave the palms to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem to praise him and uh, at the mission uh, uh, we wave our our palms in our hearts for Jesus as much as we can because you see what he's done for people like Barry and so many others. And it's all because of what Jesus did when he went to Jerusalem uh, a week later after that Palm Sunday when he died on the cross, taking our sins so they can be forgiven, taking the punishment that was meant for us, and then raising, rising from the dead just a few days later so that we can have eternal life with him. We just have to 
We just have to respond when he's speaking to our heart, when he's speaking to our soul, and asking us to trust him and give our burdens and our cares to him and let him give us peace. Let me pray. Father God, I pray that those whose hearts you're touching today, I pray, Lord, that they would open their hearts to you, those who already have. We thank you and praise you for that. And we pray that you draw them closer to you. Those that haven't, I pray, Lord, that they would surrender to you, they would give everything to you, and they would know what Barry and so many others have found, which is a peace that can't be found anywhere else, a hope that can't be found anywhere else, and the joy of your salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to, to bring people to yourself in that way and bring glory to your name in that way. And I thank you and praise you for what you're doing at the mission. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless the people here in this church. I pray that your anointing would be upon them, upon their pastor, and that you would give them your peace and that joy of salvation. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for having us.